Welcome to Intro to X. This podcast is out there. I am FBI Director Robin, and I'm joined by my special agents... Tammy, Claire, Brad, and Moira. Uh, hey. <laughs> Moira, the critically acclaimed Fisher cast. <laughs> <laughs> the award-winning, critically acclaimed Yes, award-winning, that's right. <laughs> Well, you had the podcast with the popular vote, not exactly a, a college getter. <laughs> really trying hard to be funny today. Is it- <laughs> I'm really trying. Really trying. Trying. <laughs> anyway, uh, nice to have you here, Moira. Is there any reason why you uh, uh, picked this episode to be on here? Oh, hell yeah. Because because the monster of the week. Absolutely. Because this episode gave me nightmares the first time I saw it. And I have not watched it again since the first time I saw it up until last night. Oh, really? So it was like oh. a personal challenge? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was watching it with my son, Davis. And um, <laughs> we were in a darkened room. We had one candle lit and afterward, he said to me, okay, the candle lighting thing, that wasn't good. That just creeped me out more. Thanks so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were trying to, trying to invoke his spirit or something. <laughs> I just thought, oh, we have a little sort of It won't be too spooky, but apparently that made it worse. He he found it, Davis found it quite a, quite a spooky episode. So, and I found it less so this time. I coped better. <laughs> yeah, I remember, I remember seeing it years ago, and I, I went to bed that night. Okay, my first mistake was I watched it by myself alone, you know, in the house when it first aired. And then I, I was going to bed and I'm looking in my apartment at the vents, you know? <laughs> and, and I thought, oh, maybe I would make sure they're all screwed on really tight. Completely <laughs> ridiculous. I don't think yeah. it matters. Yeah, because apparently I screw them with his little self, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it freaked me out so much the first time. That's why I wanted to uh, to to participate in this and then see what you guys thought of it. So here Sweet. I am. I'd, I'd seen this one before as well. It's the one I really remember. And I watched it the other night. And I was sitting on my bed and I had to put my, my legs up on the bed because I for some reason <laughs> I didn't like my feet being under the, like, near the, under the bed in case he was under the bed. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a whip. Wow. Even though my bed is completely stuffed under the bed full of crap and there's no way anything could get under there, not even stretchy, stretch Armstrong man. But, you know, it's uh, just in case. Hey, don't want anything Don't want anything grabbing my ankles. Like you did Gillian Anderson. Look how fast he whipped and grabbed her ankle at the end of Oh, exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm. It actually made me um, jump because I, I should have known it was coming, but it still made me jump. <laughs> Well, all right. Well, the X File we're opening today, like we said, is for season one, episode three, Squeeze, and uh, we have a uh, plot summary. And the random pick comes up with Tammy. Yay! So, Tammy, go right ahead and summarize. I thought like, Claire had to do it since she missed last week. That's oh, I'm I thought this was gonna go. <laughs> no, it's always the randomizer. So, are you ready to go? When it's not. Ah, uh, sure. Three, two, one, go. Uh, so we see something kill somebody that we have no clue who this person is. It kind of reminded me of it looking out from the sewer. Um, and then, uh, of course, Spooky Mulder gets brought up by some douchebag friend of, um, Scully's. And I thought we were going to drop the Spooky Mulder thing at some point, but apparently not. Uh, and, <laughs> and then... He asks Scully to get involved, and it becomes an X-File, of course. And then they have technology that uh, <laughs> stretches out people's fingerprints. <laughs> and it's fun, and 
I don't know, it gets creepy all of a sudden because then there's this guy that has is eating livers and producing bile and making nests. And he freaks people out by um, climbing in through pipes or something or vents or any way he can get in the house. And it turns out he's been killing people for a hundred years. And they catch him, but did they really? Probably not. He'll probably end up in a future episode. All right, that's it. <laughs> uh, one minute, three seconds. Ooh. Oh, that was good. Yeah, so. Not as good as my first time. No. <laughs> you know what else is good? Our, our predictions in that we said in the first episode that the, the evil monster was Pennywise the Clown. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because like, and this episode proves it because he's hiding in the sewers, in the storm drain. And then later on, I just want to say... At one point where they're saying about a cycle of murders, uh-huh, like a certain clown, and the guy actually <laughs> actually stressed the word it in the sentence. He went, we have to find out what it is. And I was like, oh my god! <laughs> we were so right. <laughs> well, let's get into the episode debriefing. Really <laughs> and I'll say that uh, we're in Baltimore, Maryland, and Georgie Usher uh, is walking <laughs> back to his office while the yellow eyes are looking from the sewer vent. I thought the X-File was going to be about a Ninja Turtle. <laughs> <laughs> you just want some pizza. <laughs> Why did it have that weird, like, romantic music in the start of the episode? It was like the opening to a rom-com. <laughs> <laughs> what rom-coms do you watch, Brad? It's like, da, da, da. It was bizarre. It was not the right music to start this episode. I didn't notice. Uh, yeah, so this is our um, first Monster of the Week episode, and hooray for that. And uh, this is written by... Some writers you might be looking out for, Glenn Morgan and James Wong. They, they're, they're, they're good X-Files writers. Um, and this monster was inspired by Jack the Ripper and Richard Ramirez. And this ventilation shaft in their office where they're like, what, what if something came through that? That'd be kind of creepy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I've been on the Jack the Ripper tour of London. I don't remember anything about him being able to be like a stretchy Wolverine. What's that all about? How is it inspired by Jack the Ripper? I think they mean it's inspired by the fact that serial killers exist. Yeah. Oh, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> or maybe the fact that Jack the Ripper removed body parts and left them strewn around the room. Maybe. Oh, yeah. Didn't he, like, send a... What did he send? He sent a, a body part in a a thing saying um, from hell, and that's, like, where the graphic novel got the thing. Maybe that was a liver. I can't remember. I don't know. Um, the liver thing is actually uh, inspired by Chris Carter. He was eating uh, foie gras, which is a <laughs> goose liver, and uh, he thought, hey, that'd be cool to have the monsters take, take livers, and Morgan and Wong agreed because they thought the liver was the funniest organ. <laughs> Organs are <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means, but whatever. But yeah, there's like this uh, bloody attack as we uh, go into the theme. <clears throat> yeah, so we're back in D.C. and Scully is meeting up with their old friend Tom Colton. Did you guys think of good old Tom? <laughs> he reminded me of um, oh, Mike what? Nelson out of Twin Peaks. <laughs> Mike Nelson? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, G Matthew Gerard Girardi, is that his name in Six Feet Under? I don't know why, he just reminded oh. me of that guy. Gerardi, yeah. Oh, I'm... Sorry, because I was sick last week, I have to say something about the opening credits. My favourite bit of the opening credits is, because it's the first time we've recorded when I've been able to cover them, is the bit where there's a handprint in the background and there's the little flying man in front of it going, <laughs> That's my favourite bit. I don't think and it's flying, it's something falling. No, he looks like he's flying and waving his hand. <laughs> <laughs> wow! <laughs> 
to the credits last night because Brad had made his comment about what are those two testicle like things? Yeah, and I looked and I looked and I went, it's a seed pod opening. Is it? It's, yes, it's like a little seed and it's opening and this little whatever, it's little cotyledon is starting to come out. That's what it is, you Mr. Goody like, Mind Boy. It looks like I don't know. Now out I keep... of, uh, gremlins. <laughs> when the gremlins hatch. Well, and it's a reflection, <laughs> you know, it's a or like whatever, alien. or whatever, but you look yeah, at it. No, since Brad said that, now that's what I keep seeing is testicles. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, those are not testicles. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what anyone has to do with X Files. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, Tom's telling Scully about the three unsolved murders. They're all in locked rooms, so we're wondering well, how the hell did these people get murdered? Was it suicides? But the liver was ripped out. And uh, yeah, Tom's uh, Tom's moving up the ladder. He wants to bring his friend Scully with him. All right, here we go. <laughs> this episode, I think, illustrates more than anything the FBI is the most sexist organization on the planet. <laughs> Because all these weirdo douches are apparently moving up the ranks, whereas Scully, who's also very qualified, has been shuffled off to the X-Files. Yep. I think clearly they needed, some, they wanted to put someone talented to debunk um, weirdo spooky Mulder, but they didn't want to put anyone that happened to be a man. <laughs> because everyone this entire episode is just like completely bashing Scully the whole way through. <laughs> It's awful. Yeah, and, and they don't even they don't even bother to hide it. They're openly snickering at her and snickering at him. So they're they're sexist and they're narrow-minded. And they and they jump to all kinds of conclusions when we get to it later. We'll see good old Tom do that. Yeah, oh, yeah. it doesn't show them in a very good light, does it? It's not impressive. Um yeah, so Scully and Mulder are investigating uh, Usher's office. And... Oh, and uh sorry. Oh, I know I know you might not be able to tell us this, but like do they finally at some point drop Spooky Mulder? Because that is Please. still the worst. And I you know, the, I don't think they said it at all last episode and I was like, "Oh good, it was just like, you know, the pilot episode." <laughs> and they decided that is a stupid name, just like we had decided that was a stupid name. Oh, I can't. Uh, and then I, it was back. I mean, I can't obviously tell you whether or not they drop it. I don't want to spoil anything. But, I mean, it's of course it's a stupid name. It's a nickname that I don't think he really appreciates. Um, so I, it's meant I, to I did be like when he like... was telling Scully, he goes, do you think I'm spooky? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, I've got worst. in my notes, I've got in my notes, Mulder says, why would I make them uncomfortable? Claire says, because they think you are an autumn. Because <laughs> he's so deadpan. He's like Plastic Man. <laughs> I think he's a cyborg. That's why he's the yes. worst. He's Mulder is on fire this episode. Um, I, 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 <laughs> is he? I is he, funny. Where, uh, he is funny this episode. Yeah. Come on. When he, when he first meets talking, Tom. When he is going to talk about his reputation, and then he then then his whole interaction with Tom, just like the whole manly handshake that he gives him, and then <laughs> starts playing on the whole like you know what color the aliens are. And yeah, I did like that. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. And flicking the stuff off his hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and gross. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, Mulder finds some metal filings on the ground and dusts for fingerprints around this vent that nobody could possibly go through. Can I, okay, can I interrupt for a second? Yeah. Davis is watching this. He sees this and he says, oh, give me a break. <laughs> he goes, he walks in the room. He's been there 10 seconds. He goes straight to the vent, finds the filing, and immediately knows to look for the fingerprint. Now, Later on, we realize maybe because of the old cold cases why he would 
think to do that. But at the time, Davis went, oh, that's just a little too pat. (laughs) It's a little too quick and easy. And I said, well, maybe they're just moving the plot along. We just have to suspend our disbelief. (laughs) But they do explain it. I mean, it's something he's been looking into. Yes, exactly. The X-Files. But I'm just saying on first flush, it was a bit too, you know, easy. What what blows my mind is the fact that he's dusting for the fingerprints. And he goes, what the hell are you doing? No one could climb through there. Well, he didn't say he climbed through there. He just <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Perhaps they wanted to stick that image in your mind at that moment, you know? <laughs> oh, well, clearly it's just... Thanks, exposition, stupid. Bill. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry, I, I've just looked at my notes. Sorry, I spotted a cool detail in Mulder's office this time. Yes. Um, on his wall, there's a photo, and it looks... It's not its not from the show, but it looks very, very Laura Palmer-like, and I thought that was quite cool. I didn't know if it was a, a on-purpose nod to Twin Peaks or anything. It's like a girl, and she's, you know, it just looked very Twin Peaks-y. Yeah, it's, like, it's kind of like a greenish tint to it, and it looks like she's yeah. wrapped up or just dead. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't know. I don't know if that's an homage or if that's just... I, get, I mean, it's just so such a random thing to hang on a wall that <laughs> I would have mm. to think it was an homage. I don't know. I'd like to think of it as. Um, yeah, so uh, Mulder says these fingerprints look like these prints from an old X-File, and they're 30 years apart. And Mulder says, you know, hey, they want to investigate one way, well, we'll investigate the other way. The right way. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Scully's uh, typing and presenting her profile of the killer to the Violent Crimes Division team there. And, yeah, he's young man, knowledge of buildings, maintenance worker possibly... And her suggestion is that they go stake out some of the crime scenes because he might come back after failing to kill somebody. <laughs> might come back I didn't and kind get of that. need a pick-me-up. <laughs> Man, yeah. I did such a lousy job trying to kill the other guy. Let's go back and relive the glory days of when I killed that guy. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't quite... I don't know if that's an actual profiling thing or what, but... <laughs> She's like, let's hope that he goes and tries to kill somebody, fail, and then <laughs> needs a... <laughs> yep. It's like seven sites or whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, we're on the stakeout with Scully. And uh, let's get shot. <laughs> His, uh, the sunflower seeds are back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Scully wears a very strange bra. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what was going on with her boobs in that scene. but I was They were like... kind of... They were a little splayed. They were. They were kind yeah. of facing opposite ways. I, yeah, I noticed that too. Funny you should say that. <laughs> she was running along. It's a classic thing. She hears a little metallic noise and immediately gets out of her car. And Davis and I are like, why do you always do that? Why do they always get out of the car? It's like watching a horror show. You know, <laughs> Let's go straight to whatever will be lethal and face it head on by ourselves. <laughs> well, not everyone has got a gun on their side, though. So. Hey, that's true. And she knows how to use it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this is where we meet Eugene Victor Toombs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so Doug Hutchinson. <laughs> <laughs> when I say he's so creepy, I mean Doug Hutchinson. I don't mean his character. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, killed, he killed Mr. Jingles in Green Mile. Come on. <laughs> but his eyes now look normal. They no longer look yellow. <laughs> There's a clue. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, about, about Doug. Um, he almost wasn't hired because they thought he looked 12. And at the auditions, he was hired after he was instructed by the director to go from a neutral position to an attack position. And he immediately started snapping and growling at the director. What? <laughs> and then the producers actually ended up hiring Hutchinson. 
He um, does have he does have a very baby face, which is kind of I think it's quite cool for the the role because he's um you know he has this kind of babyish innocent looking face. Yeah. And he's this like kind of creature thing. So I think it's quite cool casting. That's how he gets all the young ladies. He's just a creepy dude though. Yeah. Probably uh, does. In fact, at 51. Uh, married his 16-year-old sweetheart, Courtney uh, Stock. Uh, <laughs> this is for reals in real life? This yep. is yeah. for real. <laughs> like, what, 2011? Life Her parents' right? blessing. So that's like me marrying one of my son's classmates? That's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> that's just gross. Yeah, it's actually, uh, it, it, it was a girl that was in an acting class she was teaching. Oh. oh. No. No, no, no. Oh. So apparently the class was about the stillness of acting up the title of the class. <laughs> Still, well, I do right, the stillness I of a, molesting. I think I need a moment to vomit. <laughs> God. Uh. He was okay, also so fan. He's, creepy. he's creepy in real life, just like his character. Good to know. So yeah, we're we're at the the Baltimore office, and uh, Tombs is getting a lie detector test. Up. And the woman doing the test is wearing a sofa. <laughs> Claire, please, please, Claire. I'm sorry. I just don't think it's appropriate to talk about people's dresses. I, I think. <laughs> Hold on. I don't think we should do that anymore. We're bigger than that as a people. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just don't want to. I don't want to have a, a huge backlash against the podcast. <laughs> I don't want to address this again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, uh, yeah, he's getting all sorts of tests, and then he gets some uh, weird questions like, "Are you over 100 years old? <laughs> you at this mill in 1933?" Oh well, those must be control questions. Calm <laughs> <laughs> it down, exposition, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and yeah, afterwards the, they start getting outraged because Mulder is saying because of those reactions on the test, um, you know, that Tombs is actually the guy. He's, he has been alive over a hundred years. And, but, um, and okay, then, here we get to another point of sexism. Yeah. So we have like a uh, main FBI guy. Um, well, the polygraph woman is like, well, I think uh, the interpretation of the test is, <laughs> and then head FBI guy is like, I don't care what you are. That machine thinks. <laughs> <laughs> So much sexism in the FBI. Calm down, 1993. <laughs> and Tom was like, you know, you're coming with me? <laughs> like, baby, you better come along with me, Scalyana, stay around with this guy. And then he acts like he's kind of whispering. And this is, I I swear it's been like all three episodes now where someone has said something in front of Mulder, but they act like Mulder can't hear them. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's right there, guys. He's right there. <laughs> well, do you care? Mulder's insane. Yeah, he might not talk about him. Them. I would definitely talk about him in front of his face. <laughs> um, and afterwards, Mulder explains that he just enjoys screwing with people's heads, you know, rather than arguing with them. And uh, he's not really screwing with the head, is he? What's he doing? He's just, just being, being himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you guys ever think that maybe he's over 100 years old? No, I didn't. Of course, I didn't think that. No one thinks that. There's zero reason to think that. <laughs> Um, and Scully decides to stick around. He says, hey, you know, maybe you have something more here. And he does. He just shows this whole fingerprint matchup between the, the fingerprints that were stretchy and then Toom's actual fingerprints. Which would not Magic match computer. exactly. Yeah. No way. <laughs> it was, like, identical. Every single little bit of that. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> they would match in, like, certain points, but they wouldn't yeah. be that exact print. <laughs> 
exactly. They're probably from completely different surfaces yeah. with completely different material at making up the print. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, if you, but if you're using um, FBI uh, stretchy fingerprint tech, I think uh, <laughs> there's a lot, of, a lot of bells and whistles on that program. <laughs> I just enjoyed Mulder being proven right and Scully, little eyes opening wide and going, oh my god. Mulder's proven right, but it's more out of happenstance than his awesome, solid, cool hypotheses. Mm, well, no, I think he he was suspecting because he knew the case files. He was suspecting that you know this is the same guy or whatever. Whatever. I don't know. I, just, I, I think it's fun when he gets he gets proven right. <laughs> I like Mulder. I, mean, I know for the sake of the TV show that he needs to be proven right. Right. What I really I feel like at least. I don't know, two-thirds of these cases, he should just be wrong. <laughs> because he doesn't have any evidence going into this. Like, where he makes the jump from uh, um, similar um, murders happening, you know, every 30 years, to, well, clearly it's a really old guy that's a mutant that uh, hibernates and comes back. <laughs> that's a stretch that I don't think he's justified you know in making. Okay. Well, hang on, because, all right, Davis is watching this, right? Knows nothing about it gets to the point about the every 30 years and my son turns to me and said okay this is some guy with some genetic mutation honest to god I'm not making this up <laughs> that was his conclusion he said that's gotta be what it is that's what it's gonna be so sure. you know <laughs> so I don't think it's so crazy that Mulder could think that no but we're we're watching a television show with spooky weirdo things happening <laughs> all these people in the show for their understanding think they live in a normal world that's no different than the world we live in but you see good old fox he always has an open mind to all the possibilities yeah but all of the possibilities would include things like extra dimensional giants coming in every 30 years (laughs) (laughs) even fox has his limits brad (laughs) i don't see how one is more justified than the other I don't know, but I, I I I like the way I like the way Mulder was toying with Tom. Tom just comes across the FBI guy. He just comes across as a complete douche. He's he's you know anti-feminist. He's disrespectful of Scully in general. He's disrespectful of everybody, and he's just a, he's just a climber who doesn't care who he treads over. So I you know I like watching him look like an ass, <laughs> and and then Scully go oh maybe maybe Mulder has something here. I, that was fun for me. I- I would really love to see an episode like you guys were saying a minute ago, in which it's pr- it's proven that it isn't anything supernatural, and Mulder's proved wrong. I think that would be really funny, where it looks like it's going to be something supernatural, and it just turned out to just be some John Doe yeah. does it. I think that would be really cool. Well, this one isn't supernatural; it's just some genetic mutant. I actually, I have. I'm going to bring this up now. I have questions. I have many questions <laughs> about Mister Mister Toombs's kind of. Like lifestyle, <laughs> basically, about his wants and needs in life. So, like, if someone's immortal, right? Usually, someone is immortal. You would make the most of that. You know, you would you would get a bit of money and you'd live comfortably and you'd be able to enjoy the finer things. And that's why you would stay alive. Because otherwise, you would just kill yourself because you you know everyone around you dies and you'd be lonely and all this kind of thing. So he's immortal. So does he just wake up every thirty years, go and kill five people, and then go back to sleep for yeah. another thirty years? It's like what, a human. What is what what is the point of his life? Why does he live in a in a newspaper and spit nest? Why doesn't he invest some money, buy a nice apartment, and then go and and then go and hide in there for thirty years? Because it's guy. Oh, the same I mean, the same mutation that makes him. Have this neat. Well, first of all, he needs the liver to live, presumably, 
And his only desire is to do that, build his nest and hibernate. I, th- I see yeah, he's like, why is but, that but, his only desire? He's not breeding or anything. Like, no, what's, no, he, no, no. what's he there for? But well, it's- also, they do establish the fact that he's got this job. Yeah. So he's yeah. he's at least waking up for a couple of weeks every 30 years and, like, scoping out the world, um, planning how he's going to do this, getting a job, setting up his identity, which is, like, a lot of work. all i'm saying is he needs to get a bit of money together and then he could live in comfort he can enjoy the finer things in life (laughs) well he's gonna do it all really to to get back to the net see i i see it as a guy who just wants to get back to go back to bed you know it's like uh, he's got he does all this work comes home finally i get to sleep for another 30 years it's almost like his metabolism slows down again and it's time to nest who knows it seems like (laughs) completely driven by his biology it's not rational whatsoever just That's the worst thing ever. Mm-hmm. We need to introduce Mr. Toombs to Adderall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's move along. He, uh, he wakes up every 30 years, so he would have no clue. And he's only awake for like a few days. He must be in such a shock, because like, the world changes a lot in 30 years. He, like, he, he'd want to go and enjoy that. He wakes up in 2012. I'd want to like go and, uh, you know, go to an IMAX and... Uh, <laughs> Go and watch Christopher Nolan's Batman trilogy. He wants liver and wants to get back to bed. He's a cranky old man. (laughs) Well, if he paid attention when he woke up, then he would know that the FBI technology has come up with this wonderful finger-stretching technology that would catch him. (laughs) Maybe then he would have planned it out better for his kills and not have been caught. Look, not even to mention the fact, if you wake up after 30 years sitting in the same position, you couldn't move. <laughs> you're no. atrophied and your muscles would be contracted. And you'd, just, you'd be a tiny little human ball that could maybe roll, but I don't think you'd be walking. <laughs> this is why he needs to get money, so he can buy a nice femory, uh, femory foam memory mattress. <laughs> so, you know, it's good, good, good all for people. Good for his back. I don't think you guys understand the comfort of violent newspaper. I mean, it's just like slipping into like a cocoon of happy. Uh, Anyway, I'm done. I'm done. Okay. So moving along, Tombs uh, sneaks up the side of the house and we see him actually squeezing down a chimney. So cool. And uh, that's the, that's the shot I remember from this episode from even like watching it when I was, when I was a, a, a young and yeah they always show that and you know many of those you know any sort of like X-Files like DVD or thing something you see like the hand going down the chimney mm-hmm. um, and yeah he, he sneaks in and attacks this guy who's lighting a fire and I don't know if you guys thought this but that shot where he comes up behind the guy's shoulder I totally was thinking of Bob during that <laughs> <laughs> nice. I don't know if you guys did the same thing, but I was like... I thought of when the, the camera did that weird kind of jittery thing. It was very of the time, you know, so they used it. I can't, I don't know what they... You know what I mean? Where it's kind of all blurry and shaky it's and... It's like slow-mo, but it's yeah, not. Yeah, slow-mo. They used that in, like, some later episodes of Twin Peaks. It was very much, like, around that time, like, early 90s, late 80s thing. Yeah. It's like pre-7-7 stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the, you know, the crime, at the crime scene, Colton tries to... Um, block Mulder and Scully from coming in, but uh, they do. That's because he's a douche. Yeah. And Mulder sees a fingerprint and notices that something's missing. Why doesn't he sell all this shit he's stealing and get a bit of money? I, wa- I really want him to buy, like, a nice bed. <laughs> well, he just wants to take nice things home to his nest. 
Why? I don't understand. Do remember his it's, his, it's his precious moments collection. It's it's his. Uh, but he'd have a lot more than that if it's a hundred years. He didn't have that many. <laughs> he's only got five, ten. Uh, he's already, what thirteen now? Oh, true. Yeah, you'd only have. Them. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, we're we're it's it's research time. That uh, back in 1903, in this building, 66 Exeter Street, Toombs killed his upstairs neighbor, um, possibly from loud music. <laughs> um, and Scully thinks it might be like a relative of Toombs, like his grandpa. But yeah, yeah, that's the sensible conclusion to come to. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, the pattern's five murders, and then 30 years passes, and they realize that there's one more murder left to go before he goes away for 30 years. So. Uh, yeah, in the research mode, they find out that the investigating officer from 1933 is still alive. Yeah. <laughs> so let's let's crunch the numbers here. Oh, I knew this was coming. <laughs> this crazy old man says he was a cop for he was a cop uh, 45. He's 45 years as a cop. He was a cop from 1923 to 1968. Mm-hmm. So he's got to be. Around 90. <laughs> Best case scenario. Yep. Unless he started, he was a cop as a kid. Maybe he was a kid cop. That's a possibility, <laughs> I guess. But he, he was a sheriff in 33, so he had to... True. He was a young sheriff on the beat. I, I think he's just been holding on for that 30-year thing. He's just been holding on to life so he can see, you know, the monster defeated. Although I don't know how he thought that because he wasn't doing anything to help it being defeated, really, until that. He didn't, He wasn't warning anyone, was he? And then I think after he read that in the paper, then he died. Nope, he was just waiting for I more mean, people to show up. It's, he looks good for 90. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he'd been investing his money, Claire. <gasps> He's been... He does look good for 90 because he was investigating about about uh, tombs and he found out that he has regenerative powers from eating livers and he's been doing his own killing and eating livers. <laughs> but uh, I ask you your own question then. Why isn't he living a better life? <laughs> because he started too late, so he's already super old. Well, he says he, 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 you know, he quit being a cop after all of this hullabaloo in 68 he just wanted to spend, stay home, spend time with a kid, throwing baseball around. I'm guessing he probably wasn't that great of a father, and that's why he's in a nursing home now, because his children <laughs> yeah. hate him. <laughs> and it's uh, it's here where we see uh, a picture of Tombs back in, uh, I think it was back in 63. He looked like a picture. woman. <laughs> I thought it was a woman. <laughs> I didn't know that it was the same person. <laughs> Was 63 around the time that the Dharma Initiative was setting up in Lost and that he was in the Dharma Initiative? Did the timelines match? Because that would blow my mind. This is true. Kim uh, Fowler, if you're listening, you need to tell us that. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure it was 70s. Oh. <laughs> Doug Hutchinson, to all those who don't know, played Horace Goodspeed, a member of the Dharma Initiative in Lost. So. Oh. Yep. Next. <laughs> all right. Yep, this is a crossover of Lost, X-Files, and It by Stephen King. They're all connected. Wasn't there that scene where, like, he was, like, I think he was trying to chop down a tree and then Locke kept on coming on, coming, not coming on. <laughs> <laughs> nice tree chopping, buddy. Hey, Horace. <laughs> Want to see my smoke monster? <laughs> and, um, so okay, wait, I gotta, hold on. What is the weird, tenuous connection that um crazy old cop is making with genocide and tombs because they're really trying to do something 
I don't <laughs> understand at all. I was thinking the same thing. The Holocaust, the genocides in Rwanda, all of these terrible things, this ethnic cleansing. It's just like tombs killing five <laughs> people for their livers. <laughs> yeah, that, that made no sense to me. It's almost like he was saying there's evil in the world, and the same evil that, you know, left forth and caused the Holocaust and those kind of behaviors is also what produced tombs. Like, that didn't make sense to me at all. Like, I feel like that Weird. really diminishes the Holocaust. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. They could have just left that whole blurb out, and it would have been just... Yeah, I was thinking maybe they were saying, like, he was, like, that's when he became who he was. Like, maybe there was some, some kind of experimentation done or something, and but they never actually <laughs> delved into it, so I was like, oh, okay. Saying that seeing people murdered in a room reminded him of what people said about death camps and something about Serbia and stuff like that. I mean, and it really doesn't let any 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 credence to my defense of Mulder. When Mulder walks into the room, he's like, mm. yeah, I totally get what Frank... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel it too. Huh? <laughs> what? Yeah. They enter room 103, um, sort of like 1013. Um, we see uh, where we get the uh, shot of Mulder and Scully in the credits from which is cool to me. Um, <laughs> and behind this mattress that's been sitting there for 30 years, I guess. Yeah. Gigantic hole in the wall that leads to a coal cellar. And uh, So did, did crazy old cop never look behind the mattress? I, I think so. <laughs> I'm just, because there is, there is a shrine with, with artifacts from the victims right there. <laughs> And a giant gross nest. Yeah. So, yeah, Tombs is a uh, genetic mutant. And uh, we do have, since we don't have a quote section, I have to say, one of my favorite X-Files lines is during this scene. <laughs> Can I get this pile off my hands without betraying my cool exterior? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Something like that. Um, but yeah, Tombs is there, and he grabs Scully's necklace on the way out. Oh, yeah. Shudder. Yeah. A lot less creepily than Mulder grabbing her necklace earlier. <laughs> Agreed. You knew as soon as Mulder kind of brought attention to her necklace that that was going to feature in it later. Uh, also, like when that guy was in his house with his drink and he starts playing with a thing on his mantle. Yeah. He's going to readjust this weird little knick-knack piece of crap. <laughs> I'm going to play with this snow globe. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, the stakeout is on, waiting for Tombs to come come back to the building. Um, and uh, Mulder, when he's uh, relieved of stakeout duty, um, the agents all call him Spooky. <laughs> Soup. <laughs> and then hey, Spooky. <laughs> Calm it down, weirdo McGee. <laughs> and then uh, Tom Colton with Scully and... Tom calls off the stakeout, and uh, Scully okay. calls him being a total douche. Now, here's the thing. They have evidence now. For the first time ever, they have actual evidence that Tombs is the killer, and this is where he hides out. Mm. Why would they call off the stakeout? Stakeout. Right. Yeah, I I don't understand either. That You're absolutely right. Well, I, there, all the trophies are there, including something from the murder victim's house. Yeah, I don't know. Because Tom's a douche, I guess. So pretty, I assume that Scully and Mulder are hiding it. But they, I mean, if they, I don't know, maybe, yeah. maybe. Well, you know, they don't clarify what um, 
Scully would have said to get, you know, to get the stake out in the first place. Yeah. Perhaps she didn't tell them all of those factoids. I don't know. But you'd think that Tom shouldn't be able to simply call it off just with one phone call. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's, yeah, it's silly. But he's a giant douche. So maybe someone owes him a favor. I don't know. I was really hoping he was going to get his liver eaten. He <laughs> <laughs> looked like a nice, tasty liver. <laughs> <laughs> Good size liver, I'm sure. Full grown man. Yeah, it might be perfect. Good snack. <laughs> 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 I love Chianti. <laughs> and so uh, next we see uh, uh, Claire's favorite camera effect is Tombs, watch- Tombs is watching Scully go into her building. What? Oh, oh what in crazy slow mo weird yeah. weirdo yeah. vision. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, it kind of cuts back and forth between Mulder finding out the stakeout's gone, then realizing that Scully's necklace is there. And meanwhile, Scully is. Uh, Wait, why does he think to go and check that to see if there's anything extra there? I think he just. I think, I think that they actually filmed this badly, and we were supposed to be confused if if uh, if Tombs was going after Mulder or Scully. Mm, that would have been cool. Yeah. Really? I thought no. I thought it pointed well, because, at going after Scully. Why do you say that? Well, because because I think. The way it should play out is that we see Scully going home, and right. yeah, she didn't call him Mulder. Mulder goes to the crime scene. It's tense. Then he finds the necklace, and then we realize that Tombs is at Scully's place. Right, because when he's in the in the um, hideout or whatever the because otherwise, why would we need to see the necklace yeah. again? Yeah, and mm. you wonder if uh, Tombs is actually there, and he's going to go after Mulder. Right. Right. Yeah, I think you're right. Maybe that is what they were well, trying to Well, we already to convey, know that. But- Tombs has his sights on Scully because he stole the necklace in the first place. Well, we know that. We know that, but at the same time, someone that's not, you know, random person that's not watching carefully might be confused for a second, and there would be some actual tension. Or couldn't it be that Tombs could change his tactics and just, you know, yeah. decide to strike differently? And I thought there was tension. I thought there was tension in the fact that Scully is home alone and Mulder is in a different place and he hasn't figured it out yet. And then oh, we see Mulder figure it out and then it's like... There is, oh but God, there could be Mulder tension twice. Yeah, we can have the tension. confusion of which one which one is he going after. Mm. And then it's, oh no, it's Scully and Mulder's very far away. So you're saying it's a bit of a lost opportunity for them. Yeah, I yeah. think so. Also, you know, just a random question. Why is it whenever we know someone's being hunted in their apartment that they always draw a bath? Like, I always put water in the bathroom. What is with that? With the bath? And this is the second time we've seen Scully take a bath, and I'm like, does she not take showers? Because now it's getting gross. <laughs> she might be one of those people who doesn't do showers. You know? That's no. gross. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure whether I prefer thinking about Scully in a bath or in a shower, but I don't uh, know. I think I'm going. What about in a bath with a shower head? You're still sitting in your dirt. It's just gross. But, but, okay, but here's how here's how you you take a bath and then you take a shower afterwards. Double do. So, so the bath I, I is think just so, yeah, yeah. That's what they uh, yeah. they do in Japan. Baths are for relaxing and showers are for cleaning. Well, see, and you can take as many baths and showers in a day as you want. Trust me on this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, first I thought they were just going to go for more um gratuitous, you know, opportunity to show Scully getting undressed. But they didn't really go there. I, I was expecting that, but they didn't go there. So Me too. I was waiting on it. Another lost <laughs> opportunity. Yes. <laughs> and then we get the uh, gross out of the bile actually falling splat on her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Bile's not I, nice. It is <laughs> bile is, you what know, is he, drool bile? What's happening? Yeah. <laughs> Why 
that part. You don't extrude bile from your external organs. It makes no sense whatsoever. But hey, he's a mutant. Who knows? Bile's not nice. You know when you throw up in that horrible yeah, taste? Oh, yeah. That's, that's it. It's not pleasant. Not nice. <laughs> I just had to say it. <laughs> yeah, Mulder calling frantically, but we see the phone line is cut. Mm. The phone line labeled Scully. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Because my phone line's labeled, for sure. <laughs> and then we see, I don't know, possibly creepy to me, kind of funny shot of Tombs grabbing her through the vent. It was so funny. He looked like he looked like a cat trying to grab something for a cat flap. <laughs> but that's when he does his animal impression. You know? uh-huh. Very feral. <laughs> and then he comes shooting through the wall. And there was some nice squelching noises then. <laughs> and a boat cracking crunchy noises. And he's got his hand all ready to shoot inside her bare blade hand. <laughs> <laughs> and Mulder shows up and uh, he tries to get out, but he gets handcuffed to the tub. Yeah. Can't he just and stretch I- out of that? That's what I thought. Just <laughs> <laughs> spread out of those cuffs? Come on. Skinny people can do that. Certainly he could do it. <laughs> My only weakness handcuffs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. So, I contact metal, suddenly my limbs don't get all stretchy. <laughs> um, and apparently Mulder and Scully didn't do Detective Briggs uh, the courtesy of calling him and telling him that Tombs no. is done. <laughs> That's alright, I've been sticking around for like 90 years trying to keep healthy. <laughs> I'll wait for the newspaper to come by. No, the, did you over. see the headline? <laughs> the headline of the newspaper when he's first reading is The Consequences of Ethnic Cleansing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. The Consequences of Ethnic Cleansing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, did we just, like, miss something? Like, did they edit a whole storyline out for time or something? Because... <laughs> I, I don't know, but this this uh, this actual production had a problem with direction. In fact, the director was fired about halfway through filming. <laughs> um, apparently, he had no respect for the script. He skipped scenes that they wanted to shoot. They didn't shoot enough coverage for the scenes he did. And then he was apparently directing the company um, terribly, telling him that Mulder needed to be angry at Tombs. And Mulder, uh, the company thought that Mulder should be more kind of like intrigued by this discovery. And so, uh, yeah, Henry Longstreet got fired off the set. And I guess I don't, the producers took over or something. He was a liver. That's what happens. Um, so, yeah, we see Tombs starting to make a nest in that prison cell. It's oh, gross. <laughs> Why would they give him newspaper? Like, if they know he's just going to be gross with it. Getting a ball of wool to play with, just to keep him occupied. <laughs> give him a scratching post. <laughs> oh, this <laughs> president looks just like a twelve-year-old. Let him do the paper mache project he's always wanted to. <laughs> Expected him to reach his slithery hand, like sort of um, almost the way a lizard would flick its tongue and grab a fly. You know, when the guy was delivering his tray of food, who expected him to like grab that tray or grab that guy's hand? I was just waiting for it. Yes, and uh, as we close this, Mulder is worried how safe we all are. Well, moments. we're not because we know he can get through that gap. <laughs> yeah, and he was eyeballing that gap with great lust. It was. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't that tray of beans he was like. 
no, <laughs> no. Which kind of disappeared after they the, the shot of him looking at the door. <laughs> All of a sudden, the tray was gone. Well, I thought, you know, okay, so they show, you know, the gap where he could get out. But there was a huge, like, window right above it that probably would be easier to get out. Because either way, he'd have to bust through it. Mm-hmm. So wouldn't you just bust through the bigger part? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just, like, why focus on the small little little gap i mean i guess to show his skills i don't know or because the gap actually opens the gap opens routinely so he would have an opportunity that's what i was thinking Ugh. it's the next meal delivery so to close up this episode i have to say uh, last bit of fun facts uh doug hutchinson sent the liver of some animal to chris carter as a thank you for letting him be a part of this what? and oh, he loved cool. it so much he wrote a prequel to Squeeze called Darkie Was and Goldeneyed. And he sent it to Chris Carter, who sent it back without reading for legal reasons. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't realize he was honestly this much of a creeper in real life. <laughs> I think he's he's going to be back definitely. Like, I was thinking, oh, man, they showed that because he's going to come back somehow. But now that I know all this, what the actor did, I'm like, oh, he's coming back just because Chris Carter was probably enamored with him. <laughs> Scared. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Either enamored or, or fr- scared for his life. Yeah, one of the two. <laughs> Don't come back. What will you do to me? <laughs> okay, so uh, let's get on to Monster Runway. <laughs> so, we actually have a monster to talk about this week. So uh, the first thing we're going to judge here is the monster of ethnic genocide. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the first thing we're talking about is Eugene Victor Tombs' scariness. His scariness. He's pretty scary. What? Yeah, he's creepy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Could be, he could be anywhere. He could be in your storm drain. He could be in your tap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gross. Now I have Imagine images like someone tap. turning oh, on so. his, uh, turning on their faucet and like bile coming out. <laughs> oh, I just have an image of him just plopping out of the tap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I agree on the scariness. But I, I have to say, the creativity he's going to get low points on. I mean, he's doing the same thing every 30 years. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, also, he's, I just don't understand his motives. <laughs> I want to sit him down and I want to go, look, look, Eugene, what's your game? What are you playing at? <laughs> well, forget about the eating the livers. Forget about that for a minute. <coughs> what, what is your motivation in life? I don't understand. Help me help you. <laughs> I mean, really, does he have to eat the livers? Like, can he eat normal food? Or does he have to have liver to survive? That's my question. Hmm. Is he just biologically forced to eat liver so he can survive? And part of that is he hibernates and all of this. Or is he just getting to live extra long because he eats the livers and hibernates and whatnot? Well, Scully ordered tests, so um, maybe we'll get an answer. (laughs) They did say that uh, he's going to... um, uh, His metabolism was slowing in the prison cell, so I don't know if... I don't know if it's like five livers and I start falling asleep, but it's only only, uh, only four livers and he's uh, sleepy. And of course, uh, the sex appeal of uh, Eugene Victor Tombs. So dog dog catchers, people <laughs> climb through vents, vile, mm, not sexy, super stretchy. If that does anything for you. <laughs> <laughs> so no, Moira. No. Zero sex appeal and u- uber creepy monster, from my point of view. 
He was not as sexy as those very sleek UFOs last week. They were much sexier. They were much sexier. <laughs> Rumor has it some of you want to have sex with the UFOs, and I don't think anybody wants to have sex with tombs. <laughs> All right, but think, think about it, guys. Just think about it. All right, you meet this fellow. He seems rather slick, kind of quiet, debonair in his own weird way. He takes you back. He takes you back to his nest of bile and newspapers. <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, by the way, did you notice my beautiful display of trinkets?" <laughs> I think initially he he freaked you out. By the time that he you get back to his apartment, it's it's totally like there's nothing in there. And he throws a mattress on the ground to start it off with. Step <laughs> behind this mattress, lovely lady. <laughs> Moving a little too fast for me. <laughs> All right, so Mulder versus Scully. Mulder versus Scully. Who who won this episode? Hmm. I'm going to say Mulder because Mulder. Awesome. Yeah, Mulder. He yeah. found the clues. He's he he distorted the fingerprint. Proved who it was. Ah, Mulder won. And yet again, he got Scully to follow along with him. So <laughs> Scully was just disrespected by everyone. Yeah, except Mulder. Property. Right, except he didn't Mulder. get he didn't get bile drips on him when he's in the bathroom. <laughs> 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 Creepy cat cat man trying to grab his ankle. Cat man. <laughs> I think the only thing Mulder really failed on. It's like my cat so. trying to catch a mouse through a hole that's too small. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I think the only thing he failed on was the fact that he like kind of like grabbed this bile-ridden nest <laughs> without even thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Oh, doing? <laughs> yeah, but then he made a great line when he did so. Yeah, that's so, true. You know, that up. redeemed it a bit. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's Mulder overall. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what have we got so far? Mulder, Scully, Mulder. I think so. Yeah. Ooh. Somebody keeping track, Robin? You keeping track? No. <sighs> <laughs> We want stats at the end of season one. <laughs> there will be. I'm keeping track of ratings. Oh, oh are you really? Yeah. Oh. Should we write? No, we're doing field reports first. Oh, oh, okay. Our, our feedback from agents in the field. We have a couple of emails and uh, four voicemails. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> I think this is Steph's. Here we go. Intro to X. This is Stephanie. And this is Morgan. And we just watched Squeeze. Think Morgan. Well, I thought it was overall an okay episode. I thought it was creepy. So, uh, Donald Logue and wearing hideous ties. Each, each tie was like, I was like, oh, Donald Logue is in this scene. Let me, oh, I want to see the tie. Um, so, Doug Hutchinson, Hutchinson, it, uh, that guy that's married to that teenager. But it's she, like really like 35 <laughs> yeah, or something. Yeah, she's close. Um, yeah, this is uh, supposed to be a pretty popular episode. Hmm. What do you think about the X-Files in general? Well, I think it's a... I think it's a... Uh, do you enjoy it? Yeah, yeah I think it's a... Um, landmark... TV series. Mm-hmm. Everything, you know, after X-Files was just uh, a rehash of the X-Files. Yeah, there's so many uh, fringe episodes that are like, that is just like such and such X-Files episode. Alright, well that's what we thought. We'll uh, try our best to keep up with the podcast and send feedback every week. Thanks. Yay. Uh, Thanks, Steph. Thanks, Morgan. Thanks, Morgan. (laughs) That's a family show. (laughs) It's a family affair. (laughs) 
I'm going to hit play randomly. I think this is from Dez. Hello, Toxic Avengers. <laughs> yes, it is. Dez. <laughs> your favorite. I know I'm your favorite. Your favorite child. I'm not. I'm a goddamn grown-ass woman. I didn't know with all these other children listening if I was allowed to say ass. I didn't want to, you know, teach Isabel any bad words, Robin. She's not listening. To this episode. Ass, 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 ass. Anyways, so Skylar, what did you think of the episode Squeeze? Uh, what? I think all, are all the episode names named after like sex things? Because we had deep throat, we got squeeze. <laughs> it was okay. It was better than the last ones, but it was still a little like. But Hank Dalworth, <laughs> Donna Logue. I love Donna Logue, even Who's, though he was a real dick in this. Apparently, his name is not Donna Loeb. <laughs> Did not know that. I learned that today. It's Donna Logue. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Um, I actually took notes. And the guy from Lost. <laughs> Jeff Bridges? <laughs> Jeff Bridges. No, you, that's Donald Logue now. I was talking oh. about <laughs> Doug Hutchinson, the guy who played Tombs. Oh. Everyone's just Jeff Bridges. <laughs> Anyways, about the episode, what'd you think? Uh, yeah, it was okay. It's not my favorite show on television, you know, but it's okay. It's not, it's not totally spectacular like the last two episodes. I love this show. I I love Mulder and Scully so much. So predictable. They've like got, I'm watching like, of course there's a thing behind the mattress. Of course there's a this. Of course there's a that. Yeah, you did pretty much call everything in this episode. It's like elementary. Um, you you did do good with that. Uh, She's probably seen it all before. The whole um, <laughs> yeah, except for I don't think you knew that uh, that uh, Scully should have looked up. <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. This is the thing. People never look up. When you walk in a room and it's a horror movie type setting or someone's trying to kill you or whatever, you always look up and behind you. Because if you don't look up, he's up. If you don't look behind you, he's behind you. And then if you look up and behind you, he's behind you when you turn back around. <laughs> yes. You just have to keep constantly moving in a 360 looking up every so often. If you're in a horror movie situation or always someone's trying up. to kill you, hopefully they'll tell you they're trying to kill you so you'll know to look all around in 360. Who's <laughs> <laughs> an FBI agent? They, they kill people by slipping in the air vent. What's the first thing you should do? Oh, nail shut all your air vents. Yes. She was asking for it. <laughs> she was asking for it. Got to see some scully skin, though. That was nice. She was very pale. I was blinded. <laughs> um, blinded by the lights. Wrapped up like a douchebag. <laughs> I just remember you guys played that song last week. It um, sounds like he said wrapped up like a douche. It, yeah, wrapped up like a douche. Um, that's what it sounds like. It's not. I looked up the lyrics to see what it actually said, and it says, revved up like a deuce, which, which is much poop. better. Yeah. So I don't know how that's better. You revved up like you're about to poop or something. <laughs> yes. Um, anything else you want to say about this episode? Um, I just gotta say that every time they talked about ripping the liver out with their bare hands, I was just like, no, with their people hands. Because <laughs> they're not bears. She did. She did say that every yes, time. And, um, Mulder totally just used the necklace as an excuse to fill up the movies. He was all like, hey, nice necklace you got there. Hey, oh, oops, I touched your boob. Oh, oop, there goes your boob. Oh, oop, my bad. They were a little touchy this episode. Did you notice at the end, too, when uh, they were walking away from, like, Cassell and Scully was putting her ar- hand on his arm all, like, So how many episodes heavy. till they have sex? I can't, I all cannot tell you there. because I've <gasps> seen this before. But, uh, yeah. They're gonna do it. They're probably already doing it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they should be if they're not. 
Um, oh, and I called bullshit on Reese going the air vent from the inside. <laughs> maybe if he like reached one of his creepy long fingers out and undid it and then redid it, maybe. But from the inside, it's inside the wall. How is he rescrewing it? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe the screw, maybe it's like on a lip and then it comes in through the wall and you can get the end of it. Why? I shouldn't have to think about this. (sighs) Yeah, truth is out there. Too much sticky. Oh my god, this our uh, voicemail's already four and a half minutes long. (laughs) Let's wrap it up. That's okay with their favorites, so they're just like, oh my god, it's my favorites. They they sit as a voicemail, listen to all of them all day, every day. Well, Kim got yelled at for having like a long voicemail. But that's Kim. No offense, Kim, but you're not Skylar. To a lesser degree. Wow. To a lesser degree. She's doodling on her notepad. She had a notepad, and she made notes that she's doodling the truth is old (laughs) out there. I was right. (laughs) The truth is out there. She's totally into this show. The truth is in your butt. Are you going to keep watching now? (laughs) Did this episode help you? I don't know. I'm glad we're not marathoning it, because I would be like, two episodes, nope, I'm done for life. See, you wanted to marathon. You didn't want to watch one a week. Because it takes forever, but it's not like I'm actually interested in the story progression. So it's not like that waiting's a hard thing to do. Well, we're still at the very beginning. And I feel like rewatching it. This is the first time I've rewatched since it, since it aired in, uh, what, 93 or whatever. And I so, remember. yeah. So, and I'm watching these episodes going, yeah, this is a little slow. Even the, uh, yeah, those Max Files books over there on the shelf. <laughs> And, and your Sully doll downstairs, Scully, and all your ex- Scully, whatever. Scully, not Sully, Scully. Mike Wazowski. <laughs> and all your X Files, nineties. Yes, good stuff. Anyways, wrapping it up. Um, do you want to do a rating? <laughs> okay. I don't have. You, no, you guys have- go ahead and rate it. We got so we got time. Okay. I'm gonna give this episode <laughs> seven out of ten blood chuds because <laughs> he was totally a chud at the beginning. Um, I'm going to say it's better than the last two, but still not, like, the best thing. So I'll give it, like, six out of ten dead cats in the air vents. Mmm, dead cats. I have no idea what episode is next. I didn't bother to look it up, so I can't tell you if you're going to like it or not. It's probably, like, sit and spin or something. (laughs) 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 You know what the porn is. Yeah. Okay, well, that was our seven and a half minute <laughs> feedback. Sorry, Robin. We should just make our own podcast. Yeah, we you should. You probably should. This is our, our segment on the podcast. Um, we'll make a theme song next week. Love you guys. Hopefully you'll play this. Bye. Bye. Wow. <laughs> How could we not play that? <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Parents, stop making your kids watch the X-Files if they don't want to watch it. I mean... <laughs> question of abuse. Oh. Where I have to say Davis is probably the most interested uh, younger person. <laughs> yes! <laughs> uh, he's uh, this is a smart young man, so, you know. He's watching it with... Whatever, he's heard about it forever, so he's interested to see if it's as good as it's hype. <laughs> Should we do an email? Yeah, does anybody want to read Ina? Ina's? Hi, Intro Toxers and Moira. Yay! Smiley face. Yay. Here's some <laughs> quick thoughts on this week's X-Files case squeeze. This was more of a murder mystery slash monster of the week episode, in contrast to the first two, which focused on aliens. It had its good moments. I like Scully telling off the douchebag colleague at the end, and Mulder's comments about the skin tone and liver prices on Reticula were priceless. The monster itself wasn't very scary. What? What? It's terrifying. 
and the effects were quite disappointing, but the ick factor of his lair was quite high. Ugh. They left the end open for his possible return, I guess. I think I like the aliens better. Lol. I really enjoy your podcast, guys. Keep it up, Ina. Thanks, Ina. Thanks, Ina. The monster was so scary. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So Ina say- aliens. Yeah, I also thought, you know, um, in Lord of the Rings, the very first movie, when maybe it's the second movie, first movie, they're in the Mines of Moria and we see Gollum for the first time and he has his little fingers that appear around the corner and they're kind of yeah. spindly and skinny. <laughs> That's what this guy reminded me of. <gasps> That's why he collects trinkets, because they're his precious. His precious. <laughs> must be it. We've got a voicemail next from Matt and Mel. I don't know who these guys are. Who are they? Yay! I want to talk about Twin Peaks or Inland Empire or something. They're big fans of Inland Empire. (laughs) Yeah. Best best movie ever, guys. Best movie ever. I was informed so. (laughs) Oh, I have to play it again now, Robin, because you spoke over it. Oh, God. I didn't realize you were playing it. Alright, hang on. I'm going to play it now. Hey, guys. Matt and Mel here. Hey. Matt sounds fed up. And welcome back, Claire. Oh, you're speaking over it. So, episode three, Squeeze. <laughs> you remember this one from your childhood, don't you? Well, I wasn't a child, I was a teenager. Oh. And yeah, I remember it because uh, I remember first watching that episode and I was like, I was scared to take a shower after <laughs> because there was a, a grate, right, like a vent right next to the shower. See? Yeah. So, that <laughs> I had to go take a shower after I watched that episode. I was like panicking. You were freaking out before anything even happened in this episode. Because just because of that memory, because I remember, like, I distinctly remember stepping in the shower and keeping an eye on the grate. Like, I, I kept sticking my head out of the shower and looking at the grate. I was like oh. freaking because I kept expecting the the uh, screw the screws to unscrew themselves and then see like a dirty old gross hand with gross fingernails come out. Ripping liver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so gross. Uh, Doesn't uh, help that it's what's his face there. What's his name? Creepy Doug Hutchinson. Oh, he's so creepy. Yeah. I wonder if they're going to bring up his, weird, his weirdo, like, child wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so this wasn't an alien, as far as we know. It's like um, an X-Man or something. <laughs> <laughs> like a terrible X-Man. <laughs> X-Man. seems to be to uh, pass polygraph tests. <laughs> it's kind of a crappy power, but I guess it works sometimes. I think that's a terrible power, though, just because, like, you know, what kind of a life is that? You come back every 30 or so years, rip out the livers of, like, five people, and then go back in hibernation? Why doesn't he just go and, like, buy some liver at the supermarket? <laughs> <laughs> but he probably needs, like... Yes. Yeah. I wonder if he's ever tried just buying some buying, liver and making some liver and onions, liver and bacon, and, onions, <laughs> and going in his cocoon and nomming on that. <laughs> yeah. You know, Mulder keeps doing creepy things. Like, like, like the last episode. He, like, when he looked like he was going for a kiss, and then she turned around at the last second, mm. and he stopped. Well, this episode, he grabs the necklace that is like really close to her boob. He's groping. Yeah. He was about to grope, and he just grabbed the necklace instead. He went to cop a feel, and she kind of moved out of the way, and he's yeah. like, oh, he just kind of recovered and grabbed the necklace. Said, That's what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what do you give this episode? I'm not going to do thumbs up or thumbs down every time. I'll, I'll change up the up or the down. So I'm going to give it livers up. 
I love the way they touched on all of our points. <laughs> it's like they're reading our minds. It's almost creepy. <laughs> well, since the Twin Peaks podcast, me and Mel set up a psychic link, which is why I don't read Mel's mind. Oh. It's just working now it all becomes now. clear. I'm all right, totally buying so this. Who wants to read John from Northern Kentucky? I'll, I have it in front of me, so I guess I'll read it. <laughs> uh, general observations. Number one. Marty Neal lucked into the World Trade Center bombing. Wow, what great luck for Marty. What bad luck for the six people who were killed. But yay for Marty! <laughs> uh, two, did anyone count how many times the word spooky was used in this episode? All the times. <laughs> Every time it could be used, it was used. Three, Scully delivers the killer's profile like she's an android or a Vulcan. Uh, four... I don't think that Doug Hutchinson is that great of an actor. I just think he's a creepy little shit. <laughs> uh, five. Yep. Wow, look, nifty computerized fingerprint technology that didn't exist in 1993 or now. <laughs> <laughs> they don't want you to know it exists. <laughs> exactly. Six. Oh, crap, the old retired cop is in the old folks' home. Is that me in 50 years? John. <laughs> Excuse me, I have to go to a dark corner and cry for a while, John. We'll rescue you, John, don't worry. John, here's a tip. Look behind the mattress. Look behind the mattress. <laughs> John, we'll still be recording at that time, so we'll keep it. It could be time, yeah. When you're investigating a death, look behind the mattress. <laughs> And uh, finally, we have, it looks like, oh, yeah. it's a field report. <laughs> <laughs> I was out. I'm so dedicated. I went out, and I actually gathered feedback myself. You uh, took it to a, the streets. Yeah, I took it to the streets, taking it to the streets, as they do an enumeration. And <laughs> I I got some feedback from my friend Zoe over lunch. So here we go. So, Zoe, what are your thoughts on the episode Squeeze? So glad to speak to you. <laughs> I absolutely adore Squeeze. That was, um, I think I loved it because it was like one of the first um, the Scully in Peril things, and I was a bit obsessed with every time Scully got kidnapped or hurt, I enjoyed it. I don't know why. I'm kind of, I like I like my favourite characters to suffer because it makes them like even more attractive to me. So I was like, oh my god, something's trying to eat Scully. Mom, and do something useful for once. Like, no. and. Also, this guy was also kind of a bit hardcore because you got to kick him in the face a lot. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so I was like, I love Squeeze. And it had the really awesome blinky blinky music that was like really creepy. It's like, my fingers are getting longer. But this case, <laughs> the, the, the weird, like, oh, look at the music. I don't know how to explain it. Beautiful pop slow scoring of like this weird, like, yeah, it's blinky blinky creepy music. It stretches. I'm editing tonight, so I will try and include the blinky blinky music in the episode if I can. So, this would be one of your favourite episodes of season one, do you think? Oh, definitely. Absolutely loved it. It's got some awesome kind of one-liners in it. It's got some truly gross bits of the whole, like, vile fingers. Vile fingers. Oh, vile fingers. <laughs> I love it. How, how many vile fingers out of ten would you rate it? <laughs> oh, this is definitely an eight-bile finger out of ten. <laughs> oh, thanks, Zoe. 
Thank you, Zoe. Thank you, Zoe. <laughs> <laughs> and Zoe will hopefully guest with us next season. She's really keen to. Nice. So, um, let's get on to uh, X ratings. Um, why don't you go first, Tammy? Oh, okay. Um, it was good. It was so much better than the last episode. <laughs> um, so, I gave it 8 out of 10 magic handcuffs that stop mutant powers from working. <laughs> I didn't think it was as grossing. I mean, I thought it was as gross as everyone says it is, but I didn't find it as, as creepy. I don't know. So, it's 8? Yep. Noted. <laughs> um, Moira, did you want to go? Sure. Um, well, obviously I love this episode because I asked to guest on it. And for its creepiness power, <laughs> historically for me, um, I, I, I got to give it a 10 out of 10. I, I, I just I love this episode. And Toombs is such a... He's such a classic monster, and the way he looks at that slot at the end so lustfully just gives me the shivers. Oh, anyway. Um, so I would like to give it 10 out of 10 viscous dripping globs of bile. Mm. <laughs> Wait, Barbara, can I ask, how, in your medical opinion, mm. how much of this episode was medically, medically accurate? Absolutely none! <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of a of a liver deficiency disorder that would require you to gobble up human livers. So uh, no, not not <laughs> once, not even not one. And then the hibernation thing, yeah, yeah no. There, there, yeah, there are there are definitely liver deficiency diseases, but they wouldn't make you hibernate and they wouldn't turn you into a crazy monster who didn't have the wherewithal to think about the world every 30 years the way Claire pointed out. <laughs> like, you know, who can plan better and plan ahead. But I don't care. I loved it anyway. I totally did an SOD on this one. I loved it. <laughs> uh, Brad? Yeah, I enjoyed this. Um, I still am not willing to accept Mulder's ridiculous jumps in logic. <laughs> because <laughs> it's cuckoo bananas. Um, I thought, uh, yeah, Tombs was creepy. Um, I don't necessarily find the scenario of Stretchy Guy creepy as much as his creepy face. <laughs> um, but I'll stick with a solid uh, 7 out of 10 serial killing sleep sloths. <laughs> Good, Claire. Um, I really like this episode, and I am becoming more and more amused by Mulder's jumps in logic. <laughs> I, I really enjoy it. Um, yeah, I, I, really, I remember this one from when the series originally aired, and I've, it's also one that I have rewatched since that I remembered. Um, so it kind of stuck in my mind because a lot of the others really haven't. And I really enjoyed it, and I'm going to give it 8 out of 10 reticulum liver and onion pates. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, uh, my rating is always higher than everybody else's. <laughs> this is definitely one of the uh, the big ones of uh, Season 1. Uh, one people think of a lot when they think of the X-Files. This is the kind of typical monster of the week. You know, creep fest, but um, I'm going to give it 9 out of 10 annoying Victrolas. <laughs> and uh, we have our next time predictions, and I'm going to spin the randomizer. The episode's name is Conduit, and the person that's going to make the prediction is Brad. Yes. Ah, damn it. <laughs> All right, uh, well, conduit, obviously, there's going to be a conduit of sorts. Um, there's, uh, well, 
of course, obviously, Mulder's gonna be like, hey, I think there's an evil conduit monster out there. And Scully's gonna be like, I don't think so. And Mulder's gonna be like, no, obviously there is. And through absolutely no explanation whatsoever, there's actually gonna be an evil conduit monster. <laughs> and Scully's gonna be like, I guess there's an evil conduit monster. Who knew? Yeah. <laughs> Are you gonna basically do that same thing every time and just put the name of the, it's the word conduit? What do you do <laughs> with the word conduit? That's the vaguest title I've ever heard. <laughs> Why couldn't it be a conduit between two universes? <gasps> da 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 da, friend. <laughs> I think it's someone who can control some kind of crazy electricity powers. I think. I don't know why, just that's what I think of when I hear Conduit. Alright, well, um, if that's it, uh, I just want to say thank you very much to Moira for popping by, for squeezing this into the, her schedule. But I'm fun. Thanks for letting me come on this one. I really appreciate you guys. This is going to be a fun ride. Honest. <laughs> I don't know if they believe me. <laughs> um, Although, not if you expect no jumps in logic. You might... <laughs> might need to be a little more forgiving. <laughs> I'm, not expe- I'm not expecting less jumps in logic, but uh, I'm still going to point them out. <laughs> and of course, listen, we need to hear your in, you know, your viewpoints on attire, I think, in every episode, Brad. That's <laughs> controversial stuff. That's controversial stuff. Well, you know, you are a brave soul. I think you can do it. I, just, I, I don't know if I'm willing to take the chance. Take the chance to talk about dresses. That gets a lot of people riled up, and I don't want to be that person. I believe in bringing people together, not dividing them over the talk of dresses. <laughs> okay, well, Moira, is, is there anywhere we can find you on the web? Or are you, um, when's when's the next podcast you're starting up? Uh, I think I'm going to do an episode of Tatterbox. <laughs> other than that, three <laughs> half days are done, so I just have to go around with my hat in hand, you know, kind of like Robin begging for people. <laughs> to let hey, you, you get you get to fifty guest spots, you can start comparing yourself to me. Oh, oh my my, aren't we just so high and mighty? <laughs> just saying, people love me. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a silence falls across the room. The style to speak for itself. No. I'll be hanging around the Twitterverse, man. That's where you can find me. So. All right. Well, with that, I, I think we'll say goodbye to this week, and uh, we'll, we'll catch you next week with uh, Conduit. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. <laughs> All of our episodes can be found on iTunes or Downcast. If you're listening, let us know at twitter.com slash intro to us. Join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash intro talks. Keep it spoiler free. If you do want to talk about spoilers, we have a group for that. That's at facebook.com slash groups slash super secret spoiler. Email us with feedback at mail at introtalks.com. Make sure the episode title is in the subject line. If you want to email me with anything spoilery, email me at super secret spoiler at intro to x.com. All of our podcasts and contact information can be found on our basement office on the internet, introtox.com. And you can tweet me at twitter.com slash lrobinero. Also check out Redemption Cast, an intro cast I co-host about the TV series Angel. You can find that at redemptioncast.blogspot.com. You can find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash myafire. You can find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash tammyyip. You can also find me on i'llwatchthatmovie.com where I am a newbie going through movies from the 80s, 90s, and then we'll see 
see what happens from there. And on a belly dance podcast called Yip Podcast. You guys can catch me on the Ramjack Podcast and also on the Twin Peaks Podcast.